Hi, this is Rabbi Ari Spiegler with the Beach Wakila Sharei Tshuva podcast. We continue today in Shargimel in the third gate. We're up to Ot Ein Chet, paragraph number 78. Here in Shargimel, the third gate, Rabbi Yonah has been talking about the different levels, the different categories of severity. We find ourselves in the fifth level, that of Lavashayishbo Maasa, violating a prohibition, typically one that involves Malkut, a punishment of lashes, and doing so with a halachic action. Here in Ut Ayin Chet, Rabbi Yonah continues really a discussion of certain Isurim, certain prohibitions that people know about, and they tend to uh, overlook. They tend to engage in anyway, even though they know it's problematic. Says Rabbi Yonah, uh, the same is true when it comes to the destroying of one's beard. Shneimar, the pasuk tells us, that you're not supposed to destroy the edge of your beard. So. Uh, people who are not so careful about this, they will leave a certain amount of hair as part of their beard, um, but not necessarily the right spot. But they don't necessarily know where the proper contours, the, the proper places are, where they have to leave uh, their hair. They end up, by trying to leave something which they think is correct, they end up actually destroying the parts that they're supposed to leave. And similarly, rounding off the edges of one's head, it's problematic, not only if you use a razor, but even if if you use scissors, but you cut it so short that it looks as though a razor was used, it could be problematic. So again, we don't have time to get into all the details right now as to which parts of a person's hair uh, and beard they have to leave. But he points out that people know that it's problematic, but they aren't as careful with the details. And then they could be in violation of this prohibition. And again, they are doing so in action because they're actually using the razor or the scissors in order to cut in a way which is forbidden. Continuing in Ot Ayin Tet, paragraph number 79, people are also not careful with the prohibition of shatnes, which is a garment which is made of both wool and linen. And that's uh, found in the Torah in the They sew their woolen garments with their linen threads. Or they make a hem for the uh, the opening of their wool garment using a linen cloth. All of these would be forbidden. He says people know about this and nevertheless they violate it anyway. Next, uh, paragraph uh Pay, Ot Pay, paragraph 80. Uh, he quotes the Pasuk from Vaikra Parak Yudachet Pasuk Vav Ish Ish El Kol Sheer Bisarolo Tikravu, that any person should not approach a close relative to uncover their nakedness. So this refers to the different forbidden relationships. So Kol Kiru Basarasur. He points out that it's not just the actual act of intimacy, which is problematic, but he says any physical contact with Erva, with someone uh, who would be considered a forbidden relationship, that would be pro- prohibited as well. Kigon Hanigiabi Day so, for example, if a man were to touch a married woman, meaning not his wife, uh, that would be a violation of this prohibition. And even though the pasuk specifically mentions revealing uh, the nakedness, which sounds like it's referring only to the act of intimacy, he says, Nevertheless, the kriva, uh, you know, the, the drawing close to this woman or, or the nigia, the, the contact with this woman, could, in theory, lead to uh, an illicit act. And it says, And says, Maybe you'll ask yourself, where else do we find such a thing that the Torah creates these fences for us, right? In theory, the really sore is the act of intimacy. So where else do we find that the Torah says, but you can't even do that, right? That's what the rabbis do. They come later and they say, oh, we're going to set up this fence so they don't violate anything. Where do we see that the Torah does where the Torah is telling us already even physical contact would be problematic uh, because it could lead to that act of intimacy. So he says, 
Where else do we see that Torah should forbid even touching a woman's hand as a safeguard to stop from the more serious transgression of uh, the act of intimacy? So Nishivichadavar, he says, I can answer you the following. Let's use as a model the, the case of the Nazir. Remember, the Nazir is a person who takes a certain type of vow. And one of the things that they are forbidden from is drinking wine. The main concern uh, or the main point of the Nazir status is that he doesn't drink wine, so he doesn't forget the statutes of the Torah. Or that he should engage in some sort of immoral act when he's intoxicated. Nevertheless, the Torah in Bamibar Paragvab Pasuk Dalit tells us that not only is he not allowed to drink wine, but he can't eat anything that is made up from the the wine grapes, even the the skins, even the seeds. He's not allowed to eat any of that stuff, even though those are, well, are they're not intoxicating. All that is to is meant as a fence, as, as a safeguard to prevent him from drinking wine. So we do find that even the Torah itself creates safeguards. In fact, if you want to look, uh, the Sefer Lekach Tov by Rav Yosef Engel he comes up with many different examples of what he calls Siag La Torah Midoraita, places where the Torah itself sets up these safeguards. Uh, Rabbi Yonah, though, he continues. Uh, they point this out in Shemot Rabbah in Parak uh, and they note that in fact this is uh, the case that uh, you know we have safeguards even in the Torah itself. So those are three different examples of places where people are they're aware of the fact that there is such a halacha but they're not careful and they violate them in action.